Thank you for joining us today on the North Carolina 811 podcast. Here we talk about anything and everything related to safe digging. If you want to hear from professionals in the excavation and public utilities industry, you are in the right place. Follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Now, let's get into the podcast. Today, our guest is Robert Yu, and he is the district manager with USIC, otherwise known as U.S. Infrastructure Company. Along with us today, as well as Lewis Panzer, our executive director with North Carolina 811. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to be here. Glad to be here. Well, Robert, USIC is by far the largest contract locate company serving members um, in North Carolina. Just to kind of kick off our uh, conversation, tell us a little bit about your leadership within the organization. Uh, I am one of uh, three uh, district managers in North Carolina, and my area of responsibility is about the eastern third of uh, North Carolina. Started uh, in this business back in 91, held various roles in different parts of the country. Uh, ended up in North Carolina back in uh, the mid-90s. You know, here I am with the opportunity to serve some of the bigger uh, facility owners in, in the Carolinas uh, for the last 15 years that I've been in this position in, in Raleigh. Thank you, Robert. Uh, also, we have on with us today is Louis Panzer, our executive director, as I mentioned. Louis, would you like to uh, share a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I'm in my 12th year here as executive director in, in North Carolina 811. Um, couldn't be more pleased to be part of this team and um, and part of the stakeholder group that, uh, in my opinion, in one of the states that works the best together. Um, that's an unusual relationship in some states. Um, it feels as if uh, we've done a long, uh, we've done a, we've done a really good job in um, connecting the dots and, and creating respect among the different stakeholders, whether they be locators, excavators, surveyors, or the one call when the owners. Um, so this has been a fantastic time here. And, uh, you know, I've got about 25 years in the industry in various roles, but uh, by far this is uh, the best role. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Lewis. So, Robert, can you share with us what members you all serve within North Carolina? Uh, absolutely. You know, USIC in North Carolina serves various facility owners, uh, your typical electric, telecom, cable TV, water and sewer, your major municipalities throughout the state. So, you know, we have a, a very good working relationship with all those customers, a long-term relationship we've had going back 20, 30 plus years. We feel like we've been doing a very good job of protecting infrastructure. And I think being able to continue to work for some of these customers in, in the Carolinas speaks volume in terms of our ability to provide the service, the vital service to, uh, to our communities. Thank you, Robert. Uh, I know we are also seeing a staggering number of projects in North Carolina. Can you elaborate on whether they are related to the infrastructure bill or any other initiatives uh, within USIC? No, absolutely. That's a very good question. So, you know, the days of single address mailbox tickets uh, being, you know, the 70% of our work, I think those days are gone. You know, we still get those tickets, but with a lot of state and federal funding as it relates to RDOF, right, the Rural Development Opportunity Fund, we're seeing a significant influx of infrastructure bills, uh, predominantly telecom and in rural areas, right, and uh, in the outskirts areas such as Outer Banks, such as Jacksonville, New Bern, Johnson County, Chatham, uh, Sanford, those area, uh, that tends to be the areas where we 
didn't have enough work. And now it seems like a majority of the utilities are converging into those areas to kind of make sure that everyone has access, right? I think we call it digital divide or those are very challenging for USIC and for anybody, whether it be uh, in-house locating companies from municipalities or any other industry or companies that are involved in locating. It it is a very challenging thing and to to manage those resources because we're talking uh, sometimes miles, 20, 30, 40 miles that may have to be located within 72 hours. So it really takes a lot of effort from all parties, right? And I, I know I've heard Lewis say this before, and I quote, you know, damage prevention is a shared responsibility. And uh, we want to make sure that, you know, we do our part, make sure we continue to communicate, collaborate, and and uh, work with the excavators that are placing these fibers because we're all under deadlines, right? But at the end of the day, I think the common denominator is to be, you know, no matter how, you know, what the deadline is, no matter how uh, pressing that job may be, we have to always first and most be mindful of uh, the safety of our employees and those around us. And and of course, the quality, making sure we protect the existing infrastructure. So we want to make sure that no one is rushed. Um, when the job is rushed, somebody gets hurt or something gets cut. So for the most part, you know, a lot of the excavators are uh, representing a lot of these major utilities and municipalities have been working with us very well. Like I said, on the on the top of this uh, start of this meeting, we've got some really good relationship that we develop over the couple of decades. And we feel proud of that reputation. We're for, very proud of our folks working for USIC are technicians that are in the field that are able to collaborate and communicate. And I think that's that's what's making a difference. But yes, uh, answer to your question, that is definitely putting a lot of uh, strain on our resources because so much work is coming into one area all at once. And uh, being able to flex those resources with the existing workforce does make it very difficult. And, and we've been talking to these companies that are here placing those lines, just understand the the scope and scale of the work that's in this market and understanding the limits of the resources and uh, so far i think it's been going very well you know we got some speed bumps here and there but uh, for the most part we feel like it's going uh going well and robert you know the technology that uh, exists today uh, to allow these folks to put this down at such a high rate of speed um really we've seen so much uh change in that regard i mean if i'm excavator is truly able to put down 15,000 feet in a day, it's a it's got to be an extremely complicated challenge for the locators, even if you dedicate a team to that, you know, and then sometimes I know uh, the, the issue can get exacerbated when they call in both sides of the road, for example, what we see on tickets, uh, when we know that it's only going to be on one side, but it, it just it can reiterates the importance of that communication on the ground between your technicians and the excavators are actually operating the equipment so that there's a coordinated effort to uh, make sure that the proper lines are located for the actual work that is actually going to take place in that uh, day. You know, these are these are some of the challenges, at least that I've seen from the outside. <clears throat> and uh, and as you talk about rural telecom and some of these uh, you know, initiatives to try to uh, get this out there to folks that don't have uh, broadband currently. Like I said, the speed at which that that infrastructure can go down, I know, must create a tremendous challenge as well for for locators everywhere. Absolutely, I mean that that is a huge challenge for us. You know, uh, outside looking in, you know, 
mark the entire intersection versus mark the southeast corner it could be the difference between 30 minutes or three hours right so it is very important that uh, we are always asking the caller to be very specific as to where he or she will be digging right and and both sides of the street is always very challenging right because you know we need to know exactly the path of work uh, as opposed to our plan is to go this way and we will want to also call in a ticket just in case we can't dig there. And, and that does create a lot of resource issues uh, and basically in many cases doubling, if not tripling the, the scope and scale of the actual ticket itself. You know that uh, and of course, yes, it does go back to communication and, and you know, we got some folks, really good, talented folks here at USIC that's doing a really good job of trying to, you know, bridge that gap. But it does become very difficult if we don't have that collaboration uh, with the excavators, with the callers to to really, truly tell us where the work is going to take place. You know, the other thing about it is we've had in many instances where we were asked, uh, USSC was asked, well, can you bring more people? And sometimes that's that sounds like it's something that's that makes sense. But when you really think about it, you can't really put too many people on a, on the same project, right? Because there's only a select number of frequencies that are locate equipment or technology that's suitable for certain type of facilities, right? And when you put too many people within a job site, you kind of run out of those frequencies and then you started having frequency conflicts. So even if you put a tech two miles apart and they're using the same frequency, let's say eight kilohertz, and one technician is locating power on eight kilohertz, another technician locating two miles down the road using eight kilohertz to locate the TV, that causes a lot of bleed off. You know, the gentleman or the, the, the lady that may be locating that power may not realize that he or she is picking up the TV signal from two miles down the road. So I say that without trying to complicate it. Uh, it's really not the number of people we, you know, how many people we can inundate into that one market or one job or one street. We can only put, you know, X number of people because we got to keep that separation to avoid those frequency conflicts. So the pace of the work can't get any faster. It just we still have to go through a certain workflow, certain process and locating. Uh, we can't skip those steps in an effort to locate faster. Right. Uh, and also we can't bring just bring 20 people into one area because that doesn't work either. So those are challenges that we face. Technology is definitely evolving. I, I think the excavating community technology is evolving faster than the locating uh, industry, in my opinion. But then I think we're coming, uh, you know, I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. So recently spoke to a couple of major vendors that serve the locating communities, and they got some really exciting technology that's coming down the pipeline that can hopefully help us bridge that gap. But uh, yeah, definitely a very good question. Thank you, Lewis. Well, you know, the other the other issue when you talk about people just thinking you can throw bodies at a at a problem, obviously, like you said, there's a technology limit to which you can actually perform uh, the work within that, regardless of the bodies. But the other issue that um, we really hope people understand, take away from this. I know in NC811, we have a hard time hiring people and getting them to stay um, in the case of the locators. I know that it's not you can't just plug and play a person and put them out in the field and have them go off and be unsupervised and, and do the work. It, this is one of the misconceptions about locating that really bothers me is that I don't feel like sometimes locators are, are given the professional uh, level of, of um, experience of what it is that they require to do, um, the, the risks that they're you know facing, and you know and the challenge of it if they were to make a mistake. So obviously the companies want to have the best people they have in, in the in the slots working those positions. And in today's workforce, it's that's a challenge unto itself.
No, absolutely. You know, that's uh, I think that's something we're facing in all markets, all 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 aspects. And and USSC certainly is not immune to that. We we've had our challenges trying to get the right people in. Not to mention the fact that we have a pretty extensive three to six week training class, and and within that time frame, we. We're just bringing them up to speed on how to get the technologies up and running, right? Uh, how to get the vehicles up and running. And and once they, uh, he or she hits the field, we're looking at least six months before that technician becomes fluent to be able to locate any type of locate, right? And, and everyone, and that's just an average. Some people may pick it up at three months and some may not pick it up until nine months. So yeah, it is a very long process to bring these technicians up to speed. You know, like most companies, USIC is no different. We put safety front and center. And we recognize and we explain to our technician that their job is providing public safety. And we're not going to do anything at USIC that's going to be counter to that. So, yeah, certainly rushing through a locate is not uh, is counter to what we do. Uh, driving quicker to get to, from a job site A to B is not what we do. You know, our our, our focus just sim- simply needs to be safety first. It does become very challenging when too many people are digging in a in a concentrated area, right? And uh, like you said, we can't just throw bodies. There are limitations, technology limitations. It, it, it's a lot of challenges from all aspects that we're trying to overcome like everyone else. And I like your slogan on the bottom of your email where it says one thing at a time. I think sometimes people get very caught up in thinking they need to multitask. And sometimes multitasking is, you know, is a dangerous thing to try to do. Just think of texting and driving or some of these other things. And, you know, we're so used to picking up pieces of equipment and that and maybe thinking we can do more than one thing at a time. But to stay focused and and on task is, is critical. The other piece of this is that I'm really hopeful that um, people do recognize the professional uh, career path of a locator and find uh, a way in there, perhaps through uh, the community colleges, perhaps even through uh, um, you know high school, senior level, where they can become introduced to this as a profession so that there's an interest. Because just like every other field in the construction uh, industry and everything else, we need a younger people to recognize this as a viable way to make a living so we can get those talented people in because we do not see the uh, the work slowing down, put it like that. We, we don't see this as being a, a market that's going to close up at any time. No, absolutely. You know, recruiting is definitely a big component, right? We can't wait until people walk in a door. We're actively recruiting in, in all levels at USIC. Um, so certainly uh, there's other opportunities that USIC is also looking into and and you've, you've touched on the uh, the career path as it relates to uh, recruiting from trade schools and so forth. But uh, yeah, we're, we're also involved in that process because yeah, job markets are very challenging to get people in the door. And once we get them in the door, once we get them trained, we recognize that there are other opportunities, right? Similar work in different areas, but you know, I think USIC provides a, a very, uh, very good career path as it relates to uh, what she or she needs to do to grow with the company. Because we have a lot of folks that work at USIC, as much turnover that we face, like everyone else in the industry, you know, we we forget that we got people that's been here 10, 20, 35 years that continue to do what they do. So, and we're proud to have those folks at USIC because without, if it wasn't for those technicians, those tenure tech army that we have at USIC will certainly be much more difficult to do what we do here. So, Robert, I'd like to add uh, with our education division with NC811, we are uh, certainly serving the stakeholder community by attending the local UCCs. So what do you um, 
what can we do as an industry to help you all meet the ever-growing demand of the locates? Recently, NC811 has been coming to USIC training class to greet the incoming freshmen. And that's been, in my opinion, very instrumental to have our freshmen understand the type of work that they're getting involved in, right? The responsibilities that they're going to be uh, dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So that's that's been working out really well. And we appreciate uh, the work and the collaboration from from you and Lewis and, and your team to be able to come to our office and 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 put in that uh, some additional training for our folks. So we thank you for that. You know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, what can 811 do? You know, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, I think it's definitely a thankless job. Uh, you may feel the same way towards the locator, but at the same time with the amount of ticket that you guys are processing each day, each week, each year, that's, it's just staggering amount of, uh, uh, tickets that you receive. There's so much that we can all do. I think the biggest benefit that I think we can all get from is making sure that all parties understand that they have a role. Just because you called in a ticket doesn't mean your responsibility is over, right? Uh, that's just a start. Uh, I said it earlier, you know, uh, damage prevention is shared responsibility. So uh, I think it's just making sure that everyone understands and we continue to educate. I've seen a lot of tickets come across from 811 where you are educating the callers uh, on how a ticket should be called in. So we thank you for that and hopefully that will uh, curtail those individuals from calling in those same type of a uh, uh, kind of a broad scope tickets. You know, you know what's interesting about that is uh, today in the Greensboro News and Record there was a, an editorial in the opinion and uh, section, and the man was complaining um, about you know here we're doing all this beautiful work with the streets, but then there's this all these paint marks all over the place, and I'm assuming it's for the underground. Well, immediately, of course, I jumped up and wrote my response back to this, which hopefully they'll they'll print. Uh, Sunday, where it's right front and center. But the fact is, is that people don't seem to understand in some cases, uh, meaning the general public, why those marks are there uh, in the in the critical nature of what those marks are, what you're doing to help protect those folks. And, and uh, you know, I, I I felt compelled to to chime in behind the guy because you know these folks that see the marks as urban graffiti. Or you know uh, you know some other kind of defacement to their property. Uh, half those folks don't realize that the work is is not anything to do with their property. It's happening in an easement in front of them, a water main replacement or a fiber install. And uh, and then as far as the the nature of the paint, um, you know it it is meant to be water soluble water. You know uh, and that is part of the statute. So I, I reiterated that as well in my response, but. It's a perfect example of how people need to be educated, as you said, about the tickets, about the process, about the marks, about why they're there, about don't have your kids pick up those flags. Um, you know, this, they're not playthings, um, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a continual effort for sure that will keep us, you know, alert for many, many years. No, de- definitely. I think uh, education is key for, for all parties, right? No, we appreciate the support and, and partnership from 811 and all aspect that uh, you guys are involved in to 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 provide that education to to homeowners, to excavators, to, to USIC, to all the facility owners, right? Because uh, it, it is a joint effort. I think not one party has to uh, has to lie share the burden when it comes to protecting infrastructure, right? That That is our motto at USIC, protecting infrastructure. And in doing so, you know, we make sure that our employees are doing that work safely and uh, protecting those around us. We appreciate all you guys do and Lewis, because uh, for more for you guys, certainly our task will be 10 times difficult. 
I was going back looking through years past and where we've ended up with uh, locates in the system. And back in 2018, we hit the 2 million mark and we've not stopped. And we uh, continue to, to see just an enormous amount of tickets in the system. Um, it's definitely a perfect storm. 2023 is going to bring lots of challenges. So as we've uh, stated, shared responsibility is the most important thing. And uh, I can definitely say um, we need to encourage folks to attend their local UCCs, which we do have 50 within the state. Um, you know, host those project meetings, NC811, and I know I'm sure Robert USIC is obviously part of those and just to encourage folks to manage their tickets. So if you're looking for more information, I would encourage you for any of your local UCCs to go out to the website at ncucc.org and find your local um, UCC meeting and attend those. So Robert, thank you so much for, uh, for the conversation today. We appreciate all that you do. And Lewis, thank you as well. Thank, thank you, you Anne. You have been listening to the North Carolina 811 podcast. Visit us online at nc811.org. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, either Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Know what's below and contact 811 before you dig to protect your buried utilities.